How long would you be willing to wait for your one true love? A couple weeks? 20 years? Or maybe a millennium or more, like in this week's episode of the Scary Spirits podcast, the 1932 horror movie, The Mummy. And what happens when the day finally arrives? The wait is over. What if your love is not returned? You're rejected after your long suffering. Does that mean your pining away was extra romantic or just plain old stalking? I hate to admit it, but Greg might be right on this one. It just might be stalking. Cheers. Welcome to the Scary Spirits Podcast. Please be advised that the presenters may use adult language and or discuss adult situations. This podcast is not intended for younger listeners or those that may be easily offended. So, if you're ready, let's go. Hi, I'm Greg. Hey, I'm Karen. And welcome to the Scary Spirits Podcast, the podcast that combines the two very different, yet highly compatible worlds of scary films and alcoholic spirits. What could possibly go wrong? Indeed. (laughs) Are you trying out a new voice today? (laughs) I am. I'm trying my coffee talk voice. (laughs) Oh, okay. It's quicker and breathier. You're going back to the Marilyn Monroe. I think that you think that works for you. How are you, Karen? I'm fantastic. How are you, Greg? I'm simply wonderful. Any reason you're trying your coffee talk voice out? Nope. Just trying to keep everything fresh, Karen. Keeping it fresh. Okay. You know, the mood hits me sometimes. I'm I'm inspired. Like, I don't know. The muses. Well, okay. <laughs> All right, Karen. I believe this week was your choice, was it? Was it not? It was, but I think maybe we should start off by talking about our big contest that's going on. Okay. Getting in the holiday spirit, you know. Yes. <laughs> well, we've decided that to be in the holiday spirit, we'd like to do a giveaway. We've got two fabulous books for you. Both are based on Wicked Ramblings episodes. One is from episode six, which was Rock Tales. And amped up spin on mixology when we learned all about making cocktails, Karen. Yes. And apple cider. Yes. And we have a signed, I believe it's a hardcover book by Kristen Kreft and Maya Benetwala. Yes. The, the authors of that book, Karen. Yes. If you haven't heard that Wicked Ramblings, go back and give it a listen. It's very cool. And we also have a book about Krampus. Is that correct, Karen? Yes, we do. Written by... Al Ridenauer. All about Krampus and, you know, dark folklore and whatnot. That's from our latest Wicked Ramblings episode featuring Ed Satura. Which came out just a few days ago, Karen, on Sunday. All about Krampus. All about Krampus. Who's just really misunderstood. Just like Satan. Yeah. Not a bad guy. He just does his job. Does his job. Either one of those books would make a fabulous holiday gift. And all you have to do is email us at info at scaryspirits.com with contest in the subject line and your name in the body of the email. Yes, we will pick a winner at random, I believe. What did we say, Karen? December 15th? Yes. Yep, it circled on my calendar. You know you want those books, so go ahead and do it. Yes, right now. Stop. Stop right now. Info at scaryspirits.com. Subject, contest, name. Easy peasy. All right, Karen, moving on. I believe this film was your choice, was it, was it not? It was. And what film have you chosen for us this week? I've chosen The Mummy from 1932. 1932, you say, Karen. Yes. Starring, I believe, Boris Karloff, right? Exactly. Any reason why you chose this film, Karen? Boris Karloff. Oh, go on. Do tell. It's his birthday today. It is. 
It is. And if happy you were, birthday. And if you, the listener, were a subscriber to our newsletter, you would know that. So you can go to our website, scaryspirits.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Get a monthly newsletter where we talk about tell birthdays. Yeah, tell you whose birthday it is. And we do a little yeah, feature on them. and So you can be stellar at any party you attend. You know, today is Boris Karloff's birthday. <laughs> there are several other November birthdays in our November newsletter. Well, don't spoil it. Make them go get it. Well, one of another one is in this film, Karen. Ah, okay. <laughs> There's two birthday boys in this film. Well, do you want to tell us or do you want to wait until nope, they make an appearance? Okay. Awesome. Suspenseful. Yes. I like it. Do you have a cocktail for this film, Karen? I do. Go on. It's called the Egyptian Martini. The Egyptian Martini. And how would we make this drink, Karen? You're going to need to gather ingredients. Of two ounces of raspberry liqueur, one ounce of vanilla vodka, half an ounce of triple sec liqueur, and maraschino cherries or fresh raspberries for serving. You can put a dash of sparkling water on it also. You want to know how to make it? Absolutely, Karen. (laughs) As I sip it. (laughs) Yes. Looks like you already know. I did. In a cocktail shaker, mix together the raspberry liqueur, the vanilla vodka, and the triple sec. Shake well. Pour into a martini glass garnished with maraschino cherries and or raspberries. Float a bit of sparkling water over the top if desired and enjoy. I desired the sparkling water, Karen. I did not. It even floated pretty well, but it's kind of mixing in now. But all I had was lime flavored sparkling water. So don't know how that affects the cocktail, but it's good. It's yeah, it's surprisingly sweet. I, it didn't say to shake it in ice, so it's, it's. I did. It's mine's room temperature. I should mine in ice. Yours looks a lot redder than mine. Well, you diluted yours by shaking it in ice and putting water on it. That's true. I did. It's. I like it. It tastes familiar. It tastes like another one we've had. I don't know Maybe. what, but. And you get a little nice surprise with the cherry soaked li- liquors at the end there. Should we give our listener time to make their own, Karen? Of course. They're going to want this one. Hold on. And we're back. Yes, we are. Karen, might you have a brief synopsis of this film from 1932 starring Boris Karloff? Billed just Karloff, right? Well, that's what I read. He's billed as Karloff, but in the credits it says... It says Boris, Boris Karloff. Karloff. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in movie po- in posters and advertisements, he was just listed as Karloff, Karen. Would you like to hear a story? Absolutely, Karen. Tell me a story. The Mummy is a rousing, suspenseful, and horrifying epic about an expedition of treasure-seeking explorers in the Sahara Desert in 1925. Stumbling upon an ancient tomb, the hunters unwittingly set loose a 3,000-year-old legacy of terror, which is embodied in the vengeful reincarnation of an Egyptian priest who had been sentenced to an eternity as one of the living dead. We are not a match, Karen. (laughs) This one sounds like it came from... The studio. <laughs> yeah, I have a completely different. You want to tell yours? No. Nope. You want to share with you don't want to share with the class? I do not. Okay. What kind of film was it? The Mummy is a what? Rousing, suspenseful, and horrifying epic. Really sells it though. Yeah. A marketing person wrote this. Epic. Horrifying epic. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever they say. Yeah, for anyone, if they're in Dr. Craig's <laughs> class ever, if you listen to one of our Wicked Ramblings and you're in a horror film class, remember that. Epic. Horrifying <laughs> epic. Rousing and suspenseful. <laughs> All right, Karen, are you ready to get into it? Yes, let's. The Mummy from 1932. Did you watch this on the the Blu-ray monsters universal thing that someone very generously gifted you or did you watch this on amazon or something else 
I did watch it on Amazon. So did I. <laughs> Only because it's easier to pause if yeah. I miss something and go back. Yes, I did too. Have you seen it before? Uh, I've seen a lot of it. Not all of it, though. I wa- I've seen it. I think I, I usually catch it at the end or the middle to the end when I'm watching like channel surfing. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, Karen, prior to watching, this was my least favorite of all the Universal Monster films. I didn't have high hopes. We'll see if, we'll see if my opinion changes. <laughs> I uh, watched it a couple Halloweens ago when it was on Turner Classic Movies or something. And I just decided they were showing all of them in a row and I watched them all. So I'll okay. give my opinion at the end also. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So the first thing that popped up on the Amazon Prime was 13 plus, Karen. Mm-hmm. No other warnings. And we have credits. Then there's words to read. Do all Universal films have the same opening music? Yes. And they all have that little (laughs) airplane flying around the globe. But they have during the credits. It's what? Is it Swan Lake or something? We looked it up before. But it's the same music in every one. But yeah, the pyramids are in the background as the credits are going. So you know you're going into Egypt. And the words say, this is the scroll of Thoth. Herein are set down the magic words by which Isis raised Osiris from the dead. Oh, Amun-Ra, oh, God of gods, death is but the doorway to new life. We live today, we shall live again, and many forms shall we return, O mighty one. Okay, so (laughs) stop for a second. Okay. Do you know the story of Isis and Osiris? All I know about Isis is that she was a girl that was on Saturday mornings with Shazam. (laughs) And you know her too, I'm sure, from Wonder Woman. And when she would turn around and change as Linda Carter, she would say, oh, mighty Isis. Oh, was she? Yeah. I didn't know that. But that had, I don't think that had Egyptian roots, but whatever. Isis was the ancient Egyptian goddess of fertility, motherhood, magic, death, healing, and rebirth. And she's the first daughter of Geb and Nut, who was the god of earth and the goddess of the sky. She's the sister of Osiris, and then he later became her husband. As they do. Osiris is the god of the dead. I feel like I remember hearing that. They fell deeply in love with each other in the womb. Hmm. So they're so, twins. I the way it works, they I don't would think have to be, wouldn't they? <laughs> it's weird back in the thing. They don't all get born at the same time, even if they're in the womb, I don't think. But Seth, the god of disorder, murdered Osiris, the god of order. And he, uh, he sounds undead. like someone I'd like. Seth. Seth. I'm making well, he was mad because Seth was mad because his wife conceived a child, Anubis, by Osiris. And so he invited everybody to a banquet. That would make, that would piss you off, I think. (laughs) Yeah. And he basically tore Osiris into 14 pieces and flung them all over Egypt. So Isis performed a great act of magic with help from other gods. They began to sew Osiris's body back together. They worked together night after night. And when the body was whole again, they wrapped it head to toe in strips of linen, creating a mummy. And then... He came back to life. Yes. And the whole scroll of thought thing is not real at all. There was no such scroll. So, you know. Oh, I was going to say, I, I guess not. But, no. you know, okay. No, it is okay. Not. I would have guessed not. But that's what he's talking about throughout the movies. The mummy is talking about how Isis raised Osiris from the dead. And she did. And that's what he's talking about. But she, the story is famous that he was torn into many pieces and was put back together before he was brought back to life. And that's the origin of mummification. Yes. Thoth was an Egyptian deity, but there was no scroll of Thoth, which, you know, gave a spell to bring the dead back to life or anything like that. Well, he is, he's the God of the moon and sacred texts, math, science, magic. He's depicted as a bird. 
But if there was going to be a scroll to bring someone back to life, it would be through him because he is the God of magic texts, science, that kind of stuff. So yeah. somebody did their research. All right. Now that we have half a listener, <laughs> let's go on. Yes. Then we see field expedition season 1921 British museum. And we see a couple archeologists, Sir Joseph and Dr. Mueller. And here's where I wrote happy birthday to Edward Van Sloan, Karen, who plays Dr. Mueller. You might recognize him as from other such films as Dracula, Frankenstein, all universals. Yes. yes. He's, he's the original Van Helsing mm, for okay. the most part. And his birthday, Karen, was November 1st. So oh, okay. another November birthday. So happy belated 140th birthday, Edward Van Sloan. <laughs> Woo woo. <laughs> okay. Right. But apparently they're they've discovered a mommy Imhotep and like it wasn't embalmed like normal mummies were. Apparently this person was buried alive, right? And they debate on what what could have, you know Yeah, he's he brought him to this bitter end, Karen. And they says think he looks maybe like treason he, or sacrilege. He looks like he died in an unpleasant manner. Because he struggled in the bandages. So that's how they know he was buried alive. Yeah, because they yeah. could see the struggle. And he has no wounds on his body where they, you know, right. removed and his organs or anything. He was never embalmed. They just wrapped him up and threw him in a sarcophagus. Yes. <laughs> and you're right. Treason or sacrilege. But there's also a gold box, Karen, in there with him they discovered. Yes, it's very heavy. And the seal is unbroken. No one has touched it. And there's a warning, of course. A terrible curse. Yeah. Death, eternal punishment for anyone who opens this casket in the name of- We should of... say there's a young man with the two older gentlemen, too. His name is Ralph Norton, Karen. And he's all <laughs> gung-ho about opening the box. He has, he has the name of both the honeymooners. <laughs> Ralph Norton. But he doesn't believe in that curse shit. He thinks it's in the 3,000 years it's been buried. All that shit's worn off, I'm sure, he says, or something like that. But the two archaeologists, Sir Joseph and Ralph Norton, want to open. Yeah, Dr. Mueller, who is a says, oh, professor no. of the occult, Egyptian occult is what his title is. Yeah. He says, no, you don't want to do that. And then the two older men have to go outside of the digging site, the tomb where they are. To talk about it. He's basically playing Van Helsing in this film as well, but whatever. Yes. <laughs> I see lots of similarities. But they've left the young man by himself in with the casket that has the curse. Yeah. So, And they think the box may contain the scrolls of Thoth that Isis used to raise Osiris from the dead, Karen, even though it's not a real thing. But we'll come back to Ralph Norton. And he can't help himself, Karen. He opens the box. He has to. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> he tries. He distracts himself, but it it just doesn't work. And he finds an ancient scroll. Cut back to Sir Joseph trying to get Dr. Mueller to go back and examine the box with him. Dr. Mueller declines. Yeah, Dr. Mueller knows what's what. Yeah. Ralph Norton deciphers the scroll. He starts to. And he begins reading the words aloud to himself, Karen. Yes, as you do. <laughs> the only thing left is having his finger go along it as he talks to himself. But yeah, he's saying the words out loud. And as he does, the mummy behind him comes to life. Yeah, he starts breathing and then his eyes begin to open. The mummy grabs the scroll and Ralph freaks the fuck out, Karen. Yeah, and re that hand reaching towards the scroll is very creepy. And you do see the scarab beetle ring that he's wearing. Yes. But it's it's pretty good. Gross hand. Yeah, it's all right. But Ralph just goes nuts, laughing hysterically. Sir Joseph comes running in to find out what the hell's going on. There is a cool scene before that that I like, that when the mummy leaves the room, he's dragging his 
bandages behind him. So you don't see the mummy walking. You just see the bandages leaving the room. I thought that was kind of cool. It was a nice touch. Sir Joseph sees that the mummy and the scroll are missing. He sees a handprint next to the translation too. So every time the mummy touches something, I guess it's dust particles because he's disintegrating because he's so old. So then we see field expedition season 1932, the British Museum, about 10 years later, roughly. Mm -hmm. And Sir Joseph's son, Frank, is on this expedition with Professor Pearson. And they talk about what happened, you know, 10 years ago and Frank or Ralph going nuts and whatever. Yeah, they talk about his father being the best excavator in Britain and how he vowed never to come back. And that must have meant something. But yeah, they're talking about dad and the previous one. Then a person enters who looks a lot like the mummy, Karen. There's a knock at the door. And they say, come on in. <laughs> it's an Egyptian man that looks like the mummy. That's what I wrote. And <laughs> yeah, his name is Ardeth Bay. Does that he, mean something? I don't think so. Okay. Because I couldn't find anything that said no. so. He enters and gives them a piece of pottery that he had found and shows them a new spot to dig, Karen. Yes, because he says the Egyptians are not permitted to dig up their ancient dead, so he needs their help. And they're looking for the tomb of Princess Ankh Essen Amen. Next, we see men digging, and apparently they found something, and the archaeologists leave their umbrella to come see what they have found. (laughs) So all of the workers are digging and passing up baskets as they remove the dirt. And the two British guys are in white suits under an umbrella watching. (laughs) (laughs) They have their their little, you know, expedition hats on too, helmets or whatever they are. They do find something. They find a step. (laughs) Yes, a step. Then they start digging faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they see the name of Ankh Esenamen. Well, they found the door. Yes. Yeah. And the seal of the seven jackals, Karen. Apparently they figure, oh, this, this is an undisturbed tomb, right? It's all still sealed up. They do say they should get his father, Frank's father, so that he can be here when they open it. So Sir Joseph... Returns from England to supervise the sensational find by the British Museum expedition. Yeah, we see a newspaper. A Tomb newspaper of headline. ancient princess uncovered intact. Sir Joseph Wemple returns from England to supervise sensational find by British Museum expedition near Thebes. Right? So I say that Thebes, or is it Thebes? I always <laughs> said Thebes, but I don't know. Okay, Thebes, whatever. Then we see the Cairo Museum, Karen. And there's more words to read. You can do it. This gallery contains the mummy and complete funerary equipment of the Princess Ankh Essen Amun. 18th Dynasty, circa 1730 BC. All objects in this room are from her unplundered tomb. Yes. Discovered by the British Museum Field Force, 1932. All of the objects in this room are from her unplundered tomb. Yes. So they're plundered because they're now not in By science. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was funny. All of the objects in this room (laughs) are from her unplundered tomb. Well, it seems to me they're plundered, but go on. And as we see Ardeth Bay, and he's in there viewing the relics, Karen, paying a trip to the museum. There's jewelry. She herself is there. <laughs> all her personal effects. Toiletries. Yes. They actually said toiletries, which <laughs> they <was funny>. did. <laughs> Next, we cut to a party, Karen. I don't know. There's a party going on. Somewhere. Modern day woman in a slinky party dress. Who we learn is Helen. And she's hanging with Dr. Mueller there at the party. Smoking a long cigarette and looking out at the pyramids. <sighs> was she? I didn't notice that. Yeah, she was. But she doesn't seem very happy. No, she doesn't. And we but cut back to Artist Bay glad, looking at the exhibit. She's glad to be 
where she is because she was in Sudan, which she didn't like. And she's staying with the Mueller's. Yes. Not with her father, who's the mayor, governor of Sudan, I think they said, governor. Sir Joseph enters and tells Ardeth Bay that it is closing time at the museum. But he says, don't you know who I am? (laughs) Basically introduces himself and they... They say, oh, my God, oh, my, because he's responsible for them finding the whole thing. We're going to stay up all night in your honor. You stay as long as you want. And he doesn't like to be touched, apparently. No, he doesn't. Because Sir Joseph tries to shake his hand and he brushes him off. And then he tries to guide him through the exhibit. And he then he says, I don't like to be touched. He says, Eastern prejudice, he says. Next, we see Ardeth Bay kneeling by the sarcophagus of the princess Ankh Esenamen with a scroll. And he recites some words as Helen dances at the party. Yes, he, back and forth, back and forth, back he, and forth. He recites the name of the princess. Helen stops dancing, go collects her fur from the coat check and leaves. She's in a trance. She's just walking like she doesn't know where she is, but she does stop for her fur. <laughs> Then goes out the front door. And she gets in a taxi and goes to the museum. Yes. And she arrives right as Sir Joseph and Frank are leaving the museum. Yep. Closing time. And she says Imhotep's name in the taxi as they're driving. She arrives at the museum, like you said, just as they're leaving. And she begins to banging on the door. And then she collapses. She must get in. She must Must get get in. And then she faints. Frank picks her up. I like her shoes. (laughs) And they take her back to their room. I guess it's their hotel room. I don't know. I don't think they live there. Frank and Sir Joseph or whatever. But I just said they've taken her home. I don't know where that is. And she begins speaking ancient Egyptian, Karen. Not heard for over 2,000 years. Back to the museum. Night Watchman finds Ardeth Bay. And he gone, the night watchman. Yes. Dr. Mueller comes to see Sir Joseph and Frank looking for Helen because, you know, she's staying with him. He figured out where she was by something she left in the car. Helen wakes and wonders where she is. Introductions are made, Karen. Sir Joseph tells Frank to make himself agreeable to Helen. What the hell does that mean, Karen? (laughs) Well, I don't know, but he sure does. Yeah, as Sir Joseph and Dr. Mueller go to the other room, he says, make yourself agreeable to her. But they go to discuss her when she, it's one of the things that bothers me in this movie. They just keep leaving to talk about her, even though she can maybe help them. They just, we're going to go talk about you in another room. I guess Frank tells Helen about her fainting at the museum and she does not remember anything. Frank tells her about finding the tomb of the princess. He does ask her if she's partly Egyptian. Yes. Because he says there's something about you. (laughs) And he says once they found the tomb of the princess, he kind of fell in love with her once they unwrapped her face and he saw her skull. skull. (laughs) (laughs) He was enchanted by the skull. They're flirting a little bit. He says he would have liked it. Egypt a lot more if he'd have met her there. They're getting along very well. Yes. Next, we cut to Sir Joseph and Dr. Mueller talking about Imhotep. He does mention right before they cut to the next scene that she looks like the princess. He implies that. And then they cut to the two men talking about Imhotep. Then Sir Joseph gets a call on the phone, Karen. Bad news. Apparently, a museum guard has been found dead in the room of the princess. Got back to the museum. Apparently, there's a doctor there, a coroner or something, and he says he died of shock Mm -hmm. or something. Yes. But the scroll is still there. Which was weird. You know, if he's dead, take the scroll. I thought that was odd that he didn't. Why would it still be there? Yes, but this is the first time anyone else has seen it. So Sir Joseph opens it and recognizes it as the scroll of Thoth. He's very shocked. He is shocked by that. Yeah. Cut back to Frank and Helen making a love connection. Yep. Getting closer. 
And she says this, Karen, and I stopped it (laughs) (laughs) and made a note word for word. She says, don't you think I've had enough excitement for one evening without the excitement of a strange man making love to me? I'm surprised (laughs) they left that in there. Well, it's pre-code. She she has to have a skimpy outfit on later. And then they kiss, Karen. They do. Sir Joseph and Dr. Mueller enter. And Sir Joseph said, the curse has struck her, and through her, it will strike my son. Dun, dun, dun. They ask Frank to come to the study with them. And then they talk about the scroll and Imhotep. Dr. Mueller wants to know what happened to the mommy of Imhotep. Frank says it was stolen. Sir Joseph is not so sure. Yeah, Frank says, obviously, someone stole it. But Sir Joseph says he doesn't know what happened to it. Just then, Ardith Bay arrives at the house. The house servant or whatever lets him in and then kneels before him, Karen. (laughs) After a little bit of a stare down in some ancient Egyptian speak. Ardith Bay finds Helen asleep on the couch. Helen awakes. Ardith Bay tells her he has come to see Sir Joseph. He asks her if they have met before. Helen says she does not think so. She would have remembered. And they're staring (laughs) deeply into each other's eyes this entire time. Yes. And he's in her space. I said he's awfully close to her. But she says no no one would forget meeting you. Go back to Dr. Mueller and I guess Sir Joseph and... Whatever. And Dr. Mueller wants the scroll burned. And then they discover that Ardith Bay is there with Helen. And they think he has come for the he has come for the scroll. Sir Joseph is reluctant to burn it because he says it's the museum's property. But Sir Joseph Frank and Dr. Mueller enter. Ardith Bay and Helen keep their eyes locked on each other the whole time. Yes, they do. Sir Joseph tells them of the tragedy at the museum. Helen is concerned that it happened while she was there. Yes. And then Ardith is excited to hear that she was at the museum. Yes. He seems very interested, I wrote. That's, they tell me that's where I fainted. But she couldn't get in because it was closed. She doesn't remember anything. Dr. Mueller makes Helen leave. Yes. And I should say they're all wearing tuxedos. <laughs> Well, they just came from the party. Frank and Sir Joseph? Yeah, it's all the same night. The night of the party. She's still wearing her party dress. Why wouldn't they be wearing her tux- their tuxedos? I guess. I just thought I didn't see them at the party. I thought I saw a nipple slip, too, when she got up. She was wearing a very low-cut party dress, Karen. Yes, she was. It's nice, though. Mm-hmm. Nice party dress. I agree. Slinky. Yeah, but not as, not as good as her shoes, Karen. <laughs> Shoes I could, make I could wear her shoes. I couldn't wear her dress. <laughs> so I go with what works for me. Hey, Greg, the holiday season is upon us. Are you feeling the spirit? Yeah, I'm feeling good about our giveaway anyway. Me too. We've got two great prizes to award our listener. One is a book titled The Krampus and the Old Dark Christmas, Roots and Rebirth of the Folkloric Devil by Al Ridenauer. And the other is a signed hardcover copy of Rock Tales, an amped-up spin on mixology by Kristen Kreft and Mayalu Banatwala. Kristen and Maya were on an episode of Scary Spirits Podcast Presents Wicked Ramblings, and now we are giving away the book they wrote. They were amazing on the podcast. We want to make sure to celebrate Krampus Knock too, so we've got a book to school you all about the history of Krampus. Ed Sutera talks all about Krampus on our newest Wicked Ramblings episode Krampus is Coming he does and he highly recommends this book want to know how to win one of these terrific prizes duh yeah just email your name to info at scaryspirits.com and put contest in the subject line just make sure you email us by December 15th and put contest in the subject line do it today and you too can be a winner yes So Dr. Mueller tells Ardith Bay about the scroll. He shows him part of the translation or part of the, it's not really a translation. It's just a part of the scroll that someone wrote down, right? 
he says he doesn't know how to read that. It's too old for him or whatever. He yeah, I thought that, that was dialect. kind of very sly, you know, because he's saying it's too old. He also shows him a picture of the mummy Emhotep. And he says, why are you showing me this stuff? Yes. And then he, then he gets all, he turns and he's like, that scroll belongs to me. <laughs> turns on him and they will return it or die, Karen. It belongs to him. He bought it. From a dealer, he says. It belongs to him. And he knows it's in the house. He does. In that room that they are in. And Dr. Mueller threatens Ardeth Bay, but says his power is too strong. He says if he could, he would, I don't know, attack him and whatever. But And they also find out that the house servant has become the slave of the mummy in this moment. Because Dr. Mueller says he would rip him to pieces, which is interesting because that's harking back to Osiris being ripped to pieces. So there was a connection there. Mm. So next Miller, Dr. Miller again urges Sir Joseph to burn the scroll after, I guess, Ardeth Bay leaves. But next we see him using his magic to watch Sir Joseph's attempt to burn the scroll. It looks like a TV. It does look like a TV. But it's turned out it's a magical pool of water that yes, he can see magical things hot in. tub Karen. yes it is he can see things in his magical hot tub but it looks like a tv until and this is where they... i usually like come in on the film <laughs> i feel like because okay. everything after this I you're familiar remember. with yeah okay almost everything after this so he's watching his magical hot tub he sees sir joseph bending over putting the scroll in the fireplace in his home and lighting a match and he uses his magic to cause Sir Joseph to have a heart attack. Yes, he squeezes his hand, and you can see the life draining out of Sir Joseph. He go. So next, Sir Joseph's house servant comes in, grabs the scroll, and replaces it with newspaper in the fireplace, lights it, and leaves. Again, a nice, smart touch. So it looks like the scroll was burned. Dr. Mueller finds the ashes and believes it is the scroll. And he was going to give Sir Joseph an Isis charm to protect him. He and Frank talk about Helen. And here I wrote, Dr. Mueller tries to play matchmaker. Well, he also <laughs> gives the charm of Isis to Frank. He does. But Frank doesn't believe in it because the doctors just say it was heart failure. But they also say the servant is missing. Yes, he's a he's a Nubian, Karen. Nubian. Yes. You know that there was And Dr. Miller There were Nubians in Star Wars, Karen. You know that Nubians? No, I did not, but you got your <laughs> Star Wars reference in. Yeah, the Nubian. The Nubian. I think the uh well, it's like in the the prequel, they talk about Nubian ships and things on Tatooine and whatever. If you know, you know. <laughs> Dr. Mueller says that. He needs Frank's help, and he saw how attracted the two young people were to each other. And Frank's like, "Who is she attracted to me?" He gets because he knows he's attracted to her, but he gets all. Did, did you see goofy. something? Did you notice yeah. something? Really? You really? Think she likes me. Really? Really? <laughs> Should I ask her to the school dance? <laughs> Doctor Mueller says, "Call her at the hotel and tell her not to leave." And he picks up some of the ashes from the fireplace. Yeah, Doctor Mueller does and puts them into an envelope. Evidence. Yes. Frank calls Helen. She agrees to wait for them. And she expresses her condolences for his father, of course. Yeah, nobody's all that broken up about it. <laughs> so on the way to the hotel to see Helen, Dr. Mueller examines the ashes and discovers they are newspaper. I think that would be pretty easy to see, Karen. Just saying. Yeah, but it slowed him down a little bit. That's all. I mean, there I'm were I'm pretty sure he could tell as he was picking them up and putting them in that envelope. Well, he says they're in newspaper. newspaper. They're not papyrus is what he said. Well, duh. <laughs> well, what, well, what's papyrus, Greg? It's like an ancient uh, paper. Paper. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a newspaper, if you burn newspaper, Karen, I've burned enough things, especially newspaper, to know that you, know, you can still see the ink and everything. You can read it. Well, it depends on how much you've burned. Anyway, papyrus is a writing material made from the papyrus plant, a reed which grows in the marshy areas around the Nile River. 
It was used as a writing material as early as 3000 BC in ancient Egypt and continued to be used to some extent until around 1100 AD. So there you go. Thank you, Karen. It's a plant. You're welcome. Plant, plant-based <laughs> paper. Yes. Much like paper. Yes, but it's a specific plant. <laughs> okay, whatever. From the marshy areas around the Nile River. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Helen's on the phone saying she's not going to go out. She'll stay and wait. Yeah. He promises to wait until he gets there. Dr. Mueller is sure that the mummy has the scroll now, Karen. He gives Frank the Isis charm and begs him to put it around his neck. But he prefers to give it to Helen. Yep. But next we see Helen walking her dog, Karen. I don't think the dog wants to be walked either. No, <laughs> I don't know if that was <laughs> that a... That dog is not a good actor, Karen. Just saying. <laughs> well, it might have been because it didn't want to go where she was going. So I didn't know if that was on purpose or not. <laughs> but she knocks at a the door there and we recognize the dude who was the housekeeper servant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sir Joseph's house answers and we see Ardith Bay and Ardith Bay waves his hand above the magical hot tub, Karen, and there's lots of froggy's fog. There is. <laughs> they do take the dog away because it barks. It's afraid. So It's afraid of the cat, Karen, it, the it white goes. cat, Karen. It goes with the house servant, yes, and they're sitting around the magical hot tub with the froggy's fog. And we see scenes of ancient Egypt. He puts and... a spell on her, kind of, so she can see all this stuff. Yeah. Imhotep and Princess Ankh Esenhamen. And apparently it's her burial that they're watching. Yes, she's dying. He's at her side. She bites it. And then they're watching the burial. And then we see Imhotep stealing the scroll of Thoth. And the statue is not happy, Karen. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) And he tells everyone to leave the tomb. And he's condemned to death by his father, Karen Imhotep. He's trying to bring her back to life. He's he's using the scroll, chanting the curse. Unnatural. Unnatural. And they bust him. He gets caught. Sacrilege, I would say. Right. So basically, they start mummifying him alive. They're wrapping him up. They're going to bury him in his sarcophagus alive. And then they're going to kill the slaves and the soldiers. So no I thought that was kind of a creepy scene when they were wrapping him up while he was alive. I thought that was kind of, if you think about that, that would suck. But they wrapped his whole head, Karen. When they find him, his head is unwrapped. Is it, or is it just, it. or is it just plastered against his face so much and disintegrated? No. That's what I thought it looked like because no. it looks like he has bandages on his face, just pressed okay. into the skin. In the ancient time, they're burying him in an unmarked grave because it's a sac- sacrilege. Yep. So they kill all the slaves. The soldiers kill the slaves. So mm-hmm. the slaves can't say where it was. And, and then, then more I- soldiers kill the soldiers who are there. Yes. So, <laughs> so no one knows. No one knows where he is. Ardeth Bay tells Helen that she is the princess and that he must kill Frank so that he can't have her. And he wakes her from her trance. We hear the dog cry and Helen leaves. <laughs> She's confused. She thinks she's been asleep and dreaming of ancient Egypt. But what really pulls her out is the dog crying. She wants to go to the dog. He gone. Yeah. And Frank's waiting for her at the hotel. Yeah, Helen comes home. Frank's waiting for her. He's been worried. Yeah. Helen remembers that the dog was killed by a white cat. Apparently that's, that's something special. Frank, Frank knows all about the white cat. Well, Well, the white cat usually isn't the cat goddess Bast, but that's who he says it is. And Frank Helen, says, we know where you were. Yeah. And Helen begs Frank not to let her go again. And well, he declares his love for her. So she doesn't want to go because there's death there for her is what she says. She doesn't want to go. Helen at Frank's house. Helen trying to convince the nurse to help her to escape. They're trying. There's, like there's a, been a time lapse here. Yes. There was a little time jump. Mrs. Mueller is at Frank's house. They all are at Frank's house. Another doctor is there trying to diagnose Helen. He doesn't know what's wrong with her. There's a nurse to take care of her and Mrs. Mueller. And the men are all in one room talking about Helen's condition. And the women are in another room convincing her to stay in bed. Yeah, because she told them 
the nurse says that Helen made her promise not to let her out when she said these kinds of things. But she must escape. They're holding her. That's what she's saying. <laughs> she's a captive here. Yes. So they do say Helen is sick. The doctor doesn't know what's wrong with her. Then she asks for her lingerie and toiletries. The lingerie she bought in Paris. So Ooh, she la can la. look good for Frank. You know what I mean. You know. <laughs> she says to Mrs. Mueller, right? Or something like that. And Mrs. Mueller cannot resist her and lets her do it. I guess they're not supposed to let her out of the bed. I don't know. I don't know. She's still in the room. Yeah. Yeah. All she did was get fixed up, put on some makeup, did her hair, put on her lingerie. Yeah. Frank comes in and Mrs. Mueller asks for his forgiveness, whatever. They go in and then Dr. Mueller tells Helen that the next time she wants to go see Ardith Bay, she should go. To and, him. Yeah, Frank is not happy about that. But they hatch but, a plan to follow her and destroy him, Karen. That's mm-hmm. their plan. We'll let her go and we'll follow her and then we'll be able to kill him. Right? Yep. So next we see Frank smoking a Marlboro, reading the paper. Nurse comes out and tells Frank that Helen's asleep. She gave her something to help her sleep. It's bromide. Bromide. <laughs> Potassium yeah. bromide. Frequently used as a sedative in the 19th and early 20th century. Their use in over-the-counter sedatives and headache remedies in the United States extended to 1975. You could have gotten bromide. Can when I get it were, now, Karen? No, they were withdrawn due to chronic toxicity. <laughs> so you probably wouldn't want it now. Sounds sounds like it worked. I know. it was. <laughs> it's a sedative. We just missed being able to get it. All right, so Frank takes the Isis charm and hangs it on her doorknob, and then he falls asleep on the couch. Next, we see Artif Bay using his magic on Frank. Because he doesn't have the charm on anymore. No, I guess. So he can now squeeze his heart. And he makes it to the door and grabs the Isis charm and collapses. Yes, so that's what saves him, the charm. Yeah, and then Artif Bay calls Helen to him. She just steps over him and leaves the room. Yes. Steps over Frank and leaves. And they go to the museum. At the museum, Ardeth Bay explains to Helen that her soul is in a mortal body. She's now dressed as the princess, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ardeth Bay removes the princess's mummy from the, the sarcophagus. And he burns it. Because he said, I, I could bring this thing back to life, but it would just be like a mindless thing you know doing my whims whatever <laughs> it doesn't have a soul is what he says yeah, because her soul the princess's soul is in helen the mummy is just the body yeah and he explains that helen must die and then he will rise her from the dead and helen tries to get away but the manservant grabs her and she doesn't want to die she says ardith bay puts her in a trance she says she no longer fears him Back at the house, Dr. Mueller finds Frank. They realize she must have gone to the museum. I don't know why they realized that, but that's what they deduce. <laughs> Ardith was talking to her. He sounds kind of like a mom, like I carried you for nine months. He's like, I loved you and have been loving you for 3,700 years or whatever he says. All you need is a little bit of agony. Why won't you just do it? I've been in agony for years. You just have to have a moment. But she doesn't want to die. They realize she must have gone to the museum and that Ardeth Bay is going to kill her and make her a living mummy like himself. That Dr. Mueller, he's very smart. Yeah, they get there in record <laughs> time, too. Next we see Helen. I wrote in her sarcophagus, but it's not really. She's on an embalming table, right? Yes. So it's an embalming room. Frank and Dr. Mueller arrive, and Ardeth Bay is about to stab Helen right in the stomach. With a very <laughs> dull-looking knife. I don't... She jumps up, and she prays to the statue of Isis, which is right there in the room. Frank and Dr. Mueller enter, and Ardeth Bay puts them in a trance with his magic ring. His scarab ring, yes. The statue of Isis comes to life, Karen. Well, she's begging it. She's praying to Isis. Yes. Help me, help me. 
And it lights the scroll of Thoth on fire. The hand of the statue moves and, and lights up and then the scroll's on fire. Ardith Bay turns to dust. Disintegrates and falls to the ground. Frank goes to Helen and brings her back to present time, Karen. Yes, she's fainted again. Dr. Mueller says he's called her back to ancient Egypt. Call her with your love to bring her back. <laughs> and it works. Yep, as it always does. When you call your <laughs> girlfriend back from ancient Egypt with yeah. your love. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Every time. Works yeah. like a champ. Just have to just have to <laughs> profess my undying love and they all come back, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where they are. Yeah. Or... Then we see the skeleton of Ardeth Bay, Karen, on the floor. Yes, as the scroll burns. The end. Credits. All right, Karen. Anything you really enjoyed or were pleasantly surprised by in this film from 1932 starring Boris Karloff, which you picked for us this week? I like the story. When I first saw this uh, a couple Halloweens ago, I had never seen it because I just didn't think I would like it. And it turns out I did like it. It's really a love story. When you think about it, unfortunately for him, it doesn't work out, but he's been waiting all of this time to reunite with his love. So I, I liked the story. Okay. Anything else? The clothes, of course. Clothes. I liked. Do you like the ancient Egyptian references? And I did. I like uh, Dr. Kind of, kind of my gig. I like ancient Egypt <laughs> stuff. I don't know a lot about it. I don't know a lot about the gods and goddesses, but I do enjoy reading about it. So okay, I like that connection. There was a time I, in my life where I wanted to be an archaeologist. Doesn't everybody at one time in their life want to be an archaeologist? Maybe they do. Listener, email us and let <laughs> us know. Did you want to be an archaeologist? Because apparently Karen and I did. But then I realized once, I don't know where I was. Maybe Athens when I was in a museum and they had little pieces of pottery that they had discovered and had put together. And I was looking at it as a graduate student and thinking this person's whole thesis was uncovering this like sand sifting through uh -huh. tons of dirt and sand and whatever and finding one tiny little piece the pottery I'm trying the, to piece them together yes and i was like oh my god how i thought horrific. it was funny at the beginning that they were piecing together pottery at the beginning just as they were tablets was going I think, on yeah and it it would oh it, went it just perfectly. fit right together like a puzzle <laughs> but that's not how it is yeah, but it was just so. so to look at those things and think oh my god but you know i thought you know yeah, I could go to, you know, Egypt and sit under an umbrella with a martini oh, or something. Yes. That I could do. Let all the, the locals dig and, until they find something. and Just call me. Call me when you find something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll decide if it's worth it or not. I think it partly, I, I know where we grew up, we could find rocks, a lot of rocks with shells embedded in them and things. Mm -hmm. And so when you washed them off, you got that feeling of discovering something. I think that's where it came from for me. Yeah, I used to have a, I used to keep a box. I had a box of fossils I kept. Yeah. So I think it's not just finding them. Like when we were kids, when you find a piece of pottery like that, you have to take a little brush and brush off little pieces. Of, I thought, Oh my God, that's just horrible. I thought that would just be, you don't just pick it up, rinse it off and stick it together like they did at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And we're pre-Indiana Jones too, we should say, Karen, yes. right? Yes. So we saw Indiana Jones when we were in high school, right? So I think a lot of people- Approximately. Yeah, approximately. You know, give or take five or 10 years. But <laughs> a lot of people younger than us probably saw like Raiders of the Lost Ark and think, ooh, I want to do that. But we predate that. No, I'm saying it's digging up rocks in your backyard or in the creek and finding them and saying this is cool. Yeah. But realizing later in life how much work it actually is and how much of it is boring. Yeah, sifting through dirt. Yeah. That sifting. and a lot of times you find nothing. Like the second, you know, dig in this movie, they hadn't found anything. Karen, anything else you were No, what did really you like liked? about it? Not a lot. <laughs> I mean it's fine. Things I liked, I guess they're kind of like kind of the Egyptian stuff, but 
That's kind of shit I don't like too at the same time. <laughs> so I like it could be historically accurate, even though it's not. Well, you could tell they did some research, which was nice. You yeah. know, there were things that fit together. I guess the makeup was pretty good. Did you like when there was a, the couple of times they used a picture, a close up of Karloff's face where his eyes were all darkened and then yes. they lit them up slowly? That yes. was cool. Well, it was cool once. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they did reuse it, but he that's when he was hypnotizing people and, and things. Okay. So I, I thought that was a cool shot. I did like the, the, the wardrobe. I thought the gowns were lovely. I didn't <laughs> notice the shoes, Karen, but the gowns were lovely. Have I taught you nothing? <laughs> and the men's tuxes are nice. It was a nice. That's fine. Know. And the sets are always great, you know. Yeah, they're nice sets. All right, Karen, what were you disappointed in? <laughs> I didn't like. Helen, I didn't think she was a very good actress. I don't know. I just didn't didn't really like her, which is always hard for me I when, didn't a main, when a main character can't hold my interest. It's a different time, but when you see that with the British Museum, they're taking all the artifacts, they're stealing everything. Which yeah, is but something. they're at the Cairo Museum. It's the well, it's that, the British. But the guy complains about it. He says he's pissed. Yeah, he would rather the... bring that shit back to Britain and yes. get a medal or yeah. some shit. Right? He's yeah. mad that they kept it. <laughs> There's a joke out there of why are the pyramids still in Egypt? And the answer is because they won't fit in the British Museum. Yeah. Because they took everything. But it's just dated. That's all. I can tell I like this movie more than you did. What did you not like about it? I found all the Egyptian shit a little confusing. <laughs> That's the first thing. I didn't like the the fucking magical hot tub, which is always when I seem to like come in on it. He's like looking at watching the old time TV through his water. I didn't ever like that shit. Didn't like well, it's it. magic. You have to you have to buy into the magic. And well, I think I, don't, I think if you were watching it without when you normally watch it, like we watch it and take notes and things. Because we want to really know what's going on. But if you just watch it and you don't pay attention to the Egyptian stuff, it just kind of goes over your head. I don't know, but it, he, he's like, I it, don't think it lessens your experience any. I, it's all they, they talk about at the end and stuff is, you know, I don't know. It seems a little heavy handed to me, all the too Egyptian educational shit. for you. Was and it's it? not even accurate. So I'm not going to learn anything. <laughs> well, you could learn about ISIS. It's fictional. And a, it's ISIS all fictional. And a, Although well, I'm, the Imhotep was an actual person, like apparently, but you know, he was he was a mathematician or some shit back in ancient Egypt. The mythology but, is, but he wasn't, you know, in love with the fucking princess or anything like that. I mean, well, all that shit's made up. Well, it's like a Shakespearean the Thoth, play the book, or the something. Scroll of Thoth, yeah, Thoth was a god or deity, but there was no scroll of Thoth. Well, they're not going to let people know where the scroll of Thoth is. People will be bringing people back from the dead all over the place. You can't let that shit slip I, I out. I think in the we interview. know what happens when that occurs, <laughs> right, Karen? Yes. Well, that's there's a lot of horror films based on that. Pet Cemetery, maybe. <laughs> the Monkey's Paw. Like I said at the beginning, this has always been my least favorite, and it still is. Now that I've watched the whole thing from start to finish, my opinion has not changed. Well, that's true, but they're all pretty good. Not a fan. I mean, Karloff is good. He's very good. As he was speaking, I'm like, wow, that guy can, I could listen to that guy read the phone book probably. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's good. He's a good speaker. I don't think she was good. And I think that's Maybe part that's of the issue. Is. And you didn't like the Egyptian setting, but I did. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's any worse than any others. I don't think it's the best one by far. You know, it probably is my least favorite also, but I was surprised when I watched it before how much I actually liked it. Well, I was hoping that once I watched the whole thing, I would like it more, and I do not. So, well, the other ones are pretty hard to beat. I liked it better than The Bride of Frankenstein. I'm not even sure I did. Even with the little <laughs> people and all that crap. Oh no. I don't I don't take this one for some reason. All right. I noticed the music too. It, it there's a soundtrack, and when it's on, it's pretty good, but it stops at odd times, or maybe not odd times. Maybe they're supposed to, you know, like at important times. But I think the soundtrack would add something to the suspense, maybe. But they stop it. 
you would have preferred him to look into a crystal ball or something instead of the magical hot tub? I would prefer him be there, actually. Well, but that doesn't show his magic. They're trying to show that he's magical. I guess. Maybe that's my problem. I don't, I don't, you don't believe in magic. You don't believe? You don't <laughs> clap for Tinkerbell? Apparently not, Karen. All right, what kind of cocktail rating you want to give this film, Karen? Well, I would give it a three, but I'm guessing you're leaning towards a four. I'm okay with a three. Yeah. I mean, give it it a three. Threes are okay. All right, comments on our Egyptian martini? I like it. Mine has evaporated. I would make it again. You know me, I'd add a little, I'd put water in it. Well, I did. Yeah. I think it would make a difference if you, you know. I tried to float it on top, and it it looked like it was floating on top there at the beginning, so it was pretty good. I don't know why it's called an Egyptian martini. It's only called that because it, there was a club <laughs> it in was Philadelphia. A bar. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Know. So, <laughs> so you couldn't go and order it. You know, you couldn't go to another bar and say I'd like an Egyptian martini, which is a shame because it's a classy looking drink too. In a martini glass. The taste is familiar. So I think we've had a drink very similar. I give it a thumbs up. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Anything we learned today, Karen? Oh, my God. So much. Egyptian mythology about bromide, papyrus, (laughs) Isis, Osiris, Seth, Thoth. Secrets of Isis. I don't remember that. Oh, my God. I watched it. Partly because I liked, apparently, Joanna Cameron. <laughs> mm. So was it... As real, Isis. Was it animated? No. So you, remember it, Shaz- you don't remember Shazam with the little uh-uh. kid who would say Shazam and then become... Oh, his name was Bailey something. And he said Shazam. I, rem- and, I only remember it from the movie. It was like this was- Shazam Isis hour or some shit. But No, I don't remember it. Yeah. Joanna Cameron played Isis. Were they kids or were no, they no they were, no, like they were adults? Twenties. I do not remember it. Yes. Well, it was only on two seasons, nineteen seventy-five and nineteen seventy-six, Karen. You were way too young to remember that, I'm sure. But I'm way older than you, so <laughs> I don't know what happened. I probably well, just I don't, don't remember it. Somehow, somehow Joanna Cameron stood out to me for some reason. She, she moved you. <laughs> she did. Well, if you're looking for a little old timey romance horror film, this one will work for you. I tried to, I tried to like the romance, but didn't. He got a little entitled. <laughs> He's like, nobody's done more suffering for you than me. So suffer for me. And she now. agreed with him. She did, but she didn't want to suffer. That doesn't mean just because he did it doesn't mean she has to. So that was kind of, it was creepy. All right. Next movie, Karen. It's all you, Greg. What do you got? Is it my choice? It is. All right. So next week, Karen, we're going to watch the film Countess Dracula. Okay. What year was that made? 1971, Karen. Is it a Hammer film? It is a Hammer film, Karen. Shocking. I know. Starring Ingrid Pitt. Oh, from... Vampire lovers, Karen. Yeah. Okay. I it was. I, I could see it in my head. I just couldn't pull the name out. Okay. Do you have a drink for this lovely film? I do, Karen. Can't wait. What's that? It is called the Vampire Cocktail. Have we not had the Vampire Cocktail? We have not. Before? That's crazy. Yep. We're going to need cranberry juice, raspberry liqueur, and vodka. Sounds like a winner. How do you make it? Basically, Karen, we're going to take one ounce cranberry juice, one ounce raspberry liqueur, and one ounce vodka, put it in a shaker, shake it up, and serve it in an old-fashioned glass as a shot. Awesome. Why did you pick this movie? Karen, Ingrid Pitt was born November 21st. Ah. So a couple days ago, but, you know, this week was your week, so I couldn't do it. So I'm doing it next week. All for Miss Pitt. All for Miss Pitt. Sadly, she has left this earth, Karen. But actually, she died November 23rd, which is today, Karen. Oh. As this episode comes out, which is crazy. So she lived just past her 73rd birthday. So I'm celebrating Ingrid Pitt's birthday. Excellent. 
All right. Anyone you need to thank this week, Karen? As always, I'm going to thank our listeners. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Thanks for spending time with us. Get your list ready, Greg. Who are you going to thank? I am just going to thank the band Verse 13 for providing all of the music on the Scary Spirits podcast. The music does make the podcast better. Anything else, Karen? Please drink responsibly. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Scary Spirits podcast, where the movies might be iffy, but the drinks are always solid. We would love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Scary Spirits Podcast. Or go to our website, scaryspirits.com. And if you want the direct line, email us at info at scaryspirits.com. If you really want to help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, always drink responsibly. See you next week. Thank you.